we missed you. I mean, not a lot, but some. <laughs> we were able to compose ourselves. <laughs> I missed you all, too. I've got this one godbrother, Bhubaneshwar Prabhu. He's been in Vrindavan for over 30 years. He lives at Krishna Balaram Mandir there. And um, I mean, he's been a devotee for almost 50 years. And so living in Vrindavan and doing such incredible seva for so long, he's uh, pretty transcendental, you know, like Dina Bandhu Prabhu. These people are. And so uh, I told him, I saw him a couple years ago, and I saw oh, Hare Krishna Boob. I call him Boob. Hare Krishna Boob Prabhu. Are you, oh, Hare Krishna Juna Boob. It's been a, seems like it's been a long time. And he drifts off and he says, yes, Lord Chaitanya says that when there's love in the heart, one moment of separation can be like 12 years. And he said, I guess on the other hand, if you don't like somebody, then one moment of separation or, or of association can be like 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, which is it, boob, with me? Is it, you know, <laughs> I'm glad to see you. <laughs> so, all right. Getting right down to it. I think I marked where we left off last time, but I'm not sure. Does anybody know? <coughs> <coughs> You've got 19? Sounds right. I've got 23. I could be wrong. You're supposed to say, ah, no way. How could you be wrong? Well, you just can't trade them off. <laughs> Who was that? Pradyum. Okie dokie. I think it's twenty four. I'll start with 23 because they kind of go together. Niyatam sangarahitam aragadveshatahakritam apala preshuna karma yatat sadvika uchate yatat sadvika uchate. That action which is regulated and which is performed without attachment without love or hatred, and without desire for fruitive results is said to be in the mode of goodness. Prophet says regulated occupational duties as prescribed in the scriptures in terms of the different orders and divisions of society performed without attachment or proprietary rights and therefore without any love or hatred and performed in Krishna consciousness for the satisfaction of the Supreme without self-satisfaction or sense gratification are called actions in the mode of goodness. Notice how Prabhupada stretched that out. He's explaining. So, Krishna is saying if you do an action which is regulated and perform without attachment. So, does that mean that if I do a service for Guru and Krishna, that I shouldn't become attach, attached to it? No. No. What if the reason why I'm doing the service is because I'm really attached to doing it? That's good. Yeah. So, 
yeah, we're attached because by being attached to the service to Guru and Krishna, that's our link to being attached to Krishna. You know? Now, when we're attached to somebody, <coughs> when there's love, then we're attached to doing for them. So, uh, I was thinking the other day, it's, not, it, it's equally as important when we love and care for somebody, when we value a relationship, both what we do for them and what we would never do against them. These things go hand in hand, don't they? They can't. It can't be like, well, I love you and I'll do great things for you. Doesn't that mean I can do something really nasty to you once in a while? Doesn't that offset it? No. It goes along with it, you see. It's like saying, Krishna, I always remember you, although I forget you a lot. You see? So, how we deal with one another. Uh, are we friends today? Yeah. Will we be friends tomorrow? Yeah. When do we stop being friends? Well, we don't, you see. Loving uh, association doesn't have any, it doesn't take any breaks. So why did you do that nasty thing to me? I thought you were my friend. Oh, well, I was taking a break. I was on a, a friend break. Well, that's legit, isn't it? We're still friends. I just took a break and I did some nasty things or said some mean things, you see. <laughs> so, um, now this attachment to our service is a sign uh, that we're feeling some love for Guru and Krishna. We're attached to the service. Now, if you're attached to your service because it makes you look good, or it gives you some prestige, well, now you're kind of deviating a little bit. And are you really, is that on? Yeah. Okay. You know, are you actually doing it? Is that too cold? Well, it's a bit chilly. Yeah, let's see what that does. You see? So, without love or hatred, what does Krishna mean there? Anybody? Without love? Personal interest. Personal interest. Well, I'm doing this uh, because I love to do it. I, it gives me an enjoyment. That's what he's meaning there. <coughs> Without love or hatred. I may love to do it because oh, it pleases Guru and Krishna. So therefore I love it. By the way, uh, Prabhupada came to me in a dream last night. Just out of nowhere. I woke up feeling 10 years younger this morning. Had a good night's sleep. Digestion, everything was working. You know, it's just amazing. But he didn't say anything. He was just, we were just together, you know. Walking from room to room in what was obviously some sort of a preaching scenario, but there was no talking or just, you know, looking, you know, just a little association, smiling, you know, <laughs> so I don't know what made me think of that. Ah, uh, without desire or for fruit of results, if, we're, if, if we were doing something and we think I'm going to get some Nice result, like um, um, I'll I'll wash your car for ten bucks. 
Is that devotional service? Am I doing it because I'm a friend? No. I'm doing it for 10 bucks. I do his for 10 bucks and, you know, see? But that's okay. But if I say, if I see that you're sick, maybe you're ill, you know, you're not feeling well, and I wash your car, maybe I don't even tell you. And then when you get well, you go out and your car's clean. What the heck? Who did this? They asked him, was that you? Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of an act of love. I don't, I didn't do it for you to say, oh, dude, that is so cool. Hey, man, I washed your car. Oh, thank you. Although that's okay, but it's even nicer. You know, if you just do it without love or hatred, there's no, no payment, no fruit of gain. I felt it. You needed it. I did it. And we went on. Uh, that's in the mode of goodness. Okay, next. Oh, 24. 24. You want me to read it? Yeah, okay. would you? Yeah, you have to. But action performed with great effort. Oh, thank you. But action performed with great effort by one seeking to gratify his desires and enacted from a sense of false ego is called action in the mode of passion. Yeah. Go ahead, you can. I'll keep, oh, there's keep no purport. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think there's a purport now. Huh? There's no purport. No. So, action performed without great effort. By the way, this is what we were talking about. This is exactly what we're talking about. It's a chilled room. This is anticipation of the guru. This is a linking. You anticipated it. I actually thought when I walked in, I'd like something hot, but I forgot to mention it. So, Shruti Kirti was uh, Prabhupada's servant. Mm. Prabhupada said he was the best. And he had many that were really, really good. And I said, well, why Prabhupada? Because he anticipates, I don't have to say. You know, there's a chilly room, he gives, he gets Prabhupada's chatter. Shruti Kirti could tell from the angle of Prabhupada's glass when he took a drink if it needed to be refilled. Now he would gladly, you know, probably say, could I have more? You betcha, you know? But he was, if Prabhupada was squinting when he's talking, he would close the blinds. You know, so thank you. You weren't here, I was telling everybody, I, uh, Prabhupada came to me in a dream last night. Yeah. Can you say he didn't say anything. Just smiles and we're just together. You know, just seemed like a long time. We rode in the car together. We were busy, you know. I went and sat in his room for a while and you know, no uh but, uh, you know, it's like I was telling everybody, I woke up this morning feeling 10 years younger. I felt, I didn't remember the dream until, you know, after I'd been up for a half hour or so. Wow, yeah. You know, I felt just great. So, anyway, so, in um, uh, things that, if it's enacted from uh, a sense of false ego, I want to show, I want to do something to show you that I'm a better bongo player than you. You think you're good, I'm better. And I'm going to show you. That's, that's an emotive passion. That's false ego. What do I think? And even if I do think I'm better. So what? You know, those are two magic words you can say to yourself from time to time. When you start, when you feel the ego 
starting to climb up a little bit. I did this. So what? Sometimes I say to myself, well, when I start thinking, well, I really did something good there, you think, oh, well, aren't we amazing? <laughs> Should they be erecting a statue of you, you know? <laughs> so grab the modes when you feel the <clears throat> your false ego and <clears throat> while we're talking about the modes I've often said it's good <clears throat> for you to have like a a modometer when I do something analyze what mode am I in right now if I'm reacting to someone are we in mode of ignorance you know are we in a mode of passion are we in a mode of goodness or did you do that because that is uh, what you've elected to do to serve your guru and Krishna, which gives great satisfaction, just like we were talking. He's, you know, Krishna Nam has been sucked into by Krishna to preach. <laughs> and so now more and more people are being attracted to this preaching, you see. So, so you have to be careful not to get puffed up and think, you know, when it comes to preaching, I really got it going on. You know, <laughs> just stay humble. Could be hard. It's like they say in Texas. What do you remember what they say in Texas? It's hard to be humble when you're from Texas. That's <laughs> true. I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> it's true. One of the first things that when I moved to Texas as a kid, um, was when my parents moved, I was in high school, and I remember the first class I walked into. I was always afraid I was a long-haired hippie, and I was afraid of all the rednecks in Texas. The first guy that I encountered said, "There's no greater state out in Texas outside of Oklahoma." I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. Of course, outside of Oklahoma, but that goes without saying. <laughs> All right, you want to go? Anubandam shayam ingsam adepiksha chapurusham var aradyate karma yatatama samuchyate. That action performed in illusion in disregard of scriptural injunctions, without concern for future bondage or for violence, or distress caused to others, is said to be in the mode of ignorance. One has to give account of one's actions to the state or to the agents of the Supreme Lord called the Yamadutas. Irresponsible work is destructive because it destroys the regulative principles of scriptural injunction. It is often based on violence and is distressing to other living entities. Such irresponsible work is carried out in the light of one's personal experience. This is called illusion, and all such illusory work is a product of the mode of ignorance. Action performed in illusion, such as, anybody got, have any such as? Something you do on illusion. Sleep. <coughs> Anything else? What about when you're awake? Harshness. Huh? Harshness. Yeah. <coughs> Harsh dealings. Mm -hmm. How can you be thinking of Krishna and deal harshly unless someone is attacking the devotees? Or the philosophy or, you know, well, I mean, how can you? It's just, you can't. It doesn't work. That's like remembering Krishna and forgetting him at the same time. You know, you're not, you're not in. That's not Krishna. You ever had anybody say to you, well, that wasn't very Krishna conscious, Prabhu? Well, maybe you haven't because you haven't misbehaved. But if you misbehave, or if someone wants you to believe you've misbehaved, they'll say, Prabhu, that wasn't very Krishna conscious. You know? So, no, I mean, the point is that if we're uh, actually thinking of uh, love for Krishna, 
then uh, we don't do these things. We don't act harshly. We don't. I was reading something about that this morning. Yeah, we don't. This harshness. It says, uh, forget chapter and verse. The devotee is one uh, who doesn't put anyone into difficulty or distress. We don't give distress. We don't give difficulty. Unless somebody's trying to break in, you know, then you may give some distress to the person. Or if they, you see somebody beating up a devotee, assaulting a devotee, you may give them some distress. But other than that, in our normal day-to-day dealings with not only each other, but uh, all other living entities, we don't, we don't do that. And if we do, we've departed. We've fallen into the material pool momentarily. You know, I really like you, but I hate that guy there. You know, as we go into this political year, we're going to see a lot of hate. I mean, it's been cranking up for a long time, but boy, we're going to see it. Oh boy, it's just going to be. <laughs> you know, so we can see these aren't devotee. These are not spiritually minded people. You know, all of us in this half of America are good and we're right. And all of them over there, they're wrong and they're bad. And I've often said when you drive down the street and you, or you go to uh, a mall or a place where people are shopping, who's the Democrats and who's the Republicans? Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? There's no way to tell, is there? They're just people. We're just, we're all pretty much the same. We're all pretty much in the middle, leaning a little one way or the other. And then there are people who are far this way or far that way that try to get us to, you know, get stirred up. So in other words, uh, them, that's a, a, a representation of the material modes, modes of material nature. I want to stir you up. I want you to make someone uh, feel disturbed. Well, that guy over there, do you know he, who he's going to vote for? We need to make him feel disturbed. So you can see, oh, I'm dealing with someone who is really under the modes, under the influence of the modes. You see? So it's going to be, this is going to be, 2020 is going to be a uh, very interesting year. <laughs> yeah. When Prabhupada uses the word violence here, is he referring to physical violence or other form of violence? Uh, violence can be verbal as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. He also means verbal violence. Why do we have to do that? I mean, words can really hurt somebody. They can really, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people may even think, God, I'd, rather than you say that to or about me, I would rather you pick up a stick and hit me with it. I mean, you know, the bruise that the stick li- uh, leaves will go away in a few days. But that thing you did to my heart, that's, mm-hmm. man, that's going to be kind of a struggle to get rid of. You know, so we as devotees, we don't want to do that. That's not our nature. You're not going to get an attaboy from Guru or Krishna if you really hurt somebody's heart. You think Krishna's going to say, hey, good boy, way to go. (laughs) So in other words, to do that, we have to depart. We have to forget Krishna. You see? We have to mistreat, cheat, cheating propensities. This is the nature of uh, those who are under the influence of the modes. How can you cheat somebody if you're thinking of Krishna? You know? 
Well, I remember now. It was something that Giri Rashwani wrote that I stumbled across today. He had written, uh, one time he was arguing, it's back in the early 70s, and he was arguing in Delhi with a store owner, trying to get him down in price to save Krishna's money. And he was being so fierce with the guy that the guy was, you know, just like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't go any longer, you know. And so, uh, uh, then he remembered, Prabhupada said, oh, we don't put anybody, the devotee doesn't put anybody into distress. And you can say, well, I was doing it to save Krishna's money. Well, we want to be frugal with Krishna's money, that's for sure. But we don't want to put people into distress. So you work it out. How far can you go without to save Krishna's money? without putting him in distress. Balance it out. Okay. One who performs this duty without association with the modes of material nature, without false ego, with great determination and enthusiasm, and without wavering in success or failure is said to be a good worker in the modes of goodness. Purport. A person of Krishna consciousness is always transcendental to the material modes of nature. He has no expectations for the results of the work entrusted to him, because he is above false ego and pride. Still, he is always enthusiastic till the completion of such work. He does not worry about the distress undertaking. He is always enthusiastic. He does not care for success or failure. He is equal in both distress and happiness. Such a worker is situated in the mode of goodness. Hmm. One who performs his duty without association with the modes of material nature. That includes goodness. We want to be in uh, uh, transcendental goodness. You see? We don't want to be in material goodness. If we can get there, that's good. <laughs> but try to transcend into pure goodness, transcendental goodness. Now, what's the difference between goodness and transcendental? Pure goodness. What? Material goodness doesn't have uh, love and ananda. Doesn't have what? Love and ananda. Right. There's some return. Too. You get some something back for it. Yeah, love and ananda gives me great pleasure. I did it out of love for Krishna. I'm, when you do something uh, out of love for Krishna, it kind of makes you think of Krishna, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, who's next? Ragi karma fala pre pre sure ludo himshat mako shuchi harsa shokan vitaha karta rajasa parikirtitaha. The worker who is attached to work and the fruits of work. Desiring to enjoy those fruits, and who is greedy, always envious, impure, and moved by joy and sorrow, is said to be in the mode of passion. A person is too much attached to a certain kind of work, or to the result, because he has too much attachment for materialism, or uh, hearth and home, wife and children. Such a per person has no desire for higher elevation in life. He is simply concerned with making this world as materially comfortable as possible. He is generally very greedy, and he thinks that anything attained by him is permanent and never to be lost. Such a person is envious of others and prepared to do anything wrong for sense gratification. Therefore, such a person is unclean, and he does not care whether his earning is pure or impure. He is very happy if his work is successful, 
and very much distressed when his work is not successful. Such is the worker in the mode of passion. Hmm. Yeah, the worker who is attached to, uh, to work and the fruits of work, uh, desiring to enjoy those fruits, and who is greedy, always envious, impure, and moved by joy and sorrow, is said to be in the mode of passion. So it's kind of tough to have uh, a desire for, to perform act without wanting some fruit of desire and not have some enviousness if you're in a crowd of people or associated with other people because what if that guy's doing better than me? And I showed up to work today. You know, I wanted to, you know, say you're a commission salesman. Like those guys that work in the furniture store. You know, it's commission guys. Hope I'm not offending anybody. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, car salesman, you know, I may be a little envious of you if you're selling more cars than me. You see? Now, how can I avoid that? Well, I came here kind of greedy. I want to go home with some money. Now, the fact that you took home more sales than I did, that makes me a little envious because of my greed. Why did I have greed? Because I want to not only make money, but you know what? I'd like to be the number one. False ego. It's all mode of passion. I want recognition. I want the boss to say, hey, let's all give a round of applause to our number one salesman. That would be me, you know. So this, you can see how the world runs in the modes, you know. It's, it just, and I'm not saying any of these people are evil. They're just in the modes, They're being driven by the modes, and so it's very difficult for them to have a pleasurable life. Okay. Mm. And that worker who is always engaged in work against the injunctions of the scripture, whose materialistic, obstinate, cheating and expert in insulting others, who is lazy, always morose, and procrastinating as a worker in the mode of ignorance. Report. In the scriptural injunctions, we find what sort of work should be performed and what sort of work should not be performed. Those who do not care for those injunctions engage in work not to be done, and such persons are generally materialistic. They work according to the modes of nature, not according to the injunctions of the scripture. Such workers are not very gentle, and generally they are always cunning and expert in insulting some others. They are very lazy, even though they have some duty. They do not do it properly, and they put it aside to be done later on. Therefore, they appear to be morose. Uh, they procrastinate anything which can be done in an hour. They drag on for years. Such workers are situated in the mode of ignorance. Because this, this is our world that we're in, isn't it? You see a lot of this kind of activity amongst our, our fellow men and women. Uh, the worker who's always engaged in work against the injunction of Scripture. Uh, scripture, Schmipture. I deal with that on Sunday. The rest of the time, I got to make a buck. But I can... What do they call it? I can rationalize. Yes, yeah, sure, I did that, but, you know, he would have done it to me if he'd had the chance, you see. So, um, they, they don't weigh things. Uh, I go to church, I read, I study, but I don't always go according to the rules. You know, I, I've read so much, but I, you know, I don't. Isn't it enough that I just go to church and I believe while I'm there? Yeah. Um, you said that vice just by nature they have to cheat like to make money, like 
tell like people like I promise you like there's no lower price. Right. I'm giving you the best price. Like that. So how does that relate to um, devotees who are in business? Well, the Vaisha should not. You see, that's just your your average guy out there. He's caught up in the modes. He's going to change the mode of nature. Though, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Prabhupada said the reason why uh, it used to be in India, uh, well, in many parts of the world too, in America at one time, uh, it was common for people to have a mustache. You know, Prabhupada said the Vaishya grows a mustache so he can hide his smirk when he's cheating you. you know? Oh, but Prabhu, for you I'm making no profit. Well, how can you do it if you're making no profit? You can't. <laughs> Oh, everyone else are making profit, but not for you. Yours are better. <laughs> so you could say these are little white lies, but the devotee shouldn't do that. You know, that's under the modes. Yeah. I mean, say it and mean it. This is really the best price I can give you. I've got to make some profit. Got to pay the rent. You know? And I like you a lot. Uh, I love that kirtan you led this morning. I'm giving you a special deal, but I'm telling you, man, I'm all in. I can't give you anymore. You know, that works just as well as for you on making a living. Sometimes people will tell a lie when the truth would do better. That's just this nature of, of being in the modes. Well, the lie sounds like it ought to work. Tell a guy, hey, for you, not him, but for you, I'm going to make no profit. You see, I'm lusty. What if I had just level with you and said, look, you know, the guy down the street might have a better price. I don't know. I hope not, but this is the best I can do, really. Well, that works pretty good on a lot of people. That's, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. The guy down the street does have a little bit better price, but I kind of like your style, you know? I think you're being honest with me. You see? So, but in, in, due to the modes, challenges of the modes, operating in this material world under the modes, we have a tendency to do that sometimes. Tell a lie when the truth would really do better. Because that's what we're caught up in doing. All right. Bhudevedam viteshchaiva Unatastri vidam shino Prochyamanam asheshena Oh, winner of wealth, now please listen as I tell you in detail of the different kinds of understanding and determination according to the three modes of material nature. Now, after explaining knowledge, the object of knowledge, and the knower in three different divisions according to the modes of material nature, the Lord is explaining the intelligence and determination of the worker in the same way. So we're going to talk about uh, understanding and determination in the modes in the next few verses. You want to take it? Andam Mokshamcha Daveti Uti Shapasha Satriki O son of Prita <coughs> That understanding by which one knows what ought to be done and what ought not to be done, what is to be feared and what is not to be feared, what is binding and what is liberating is the in the mode of goodness. Performing actions in terms of the direction of the scriptures is called pravriti. 
in executing actions that deserve to be performed, in actions which are not so directed are not to be performed. One who does not know the scriptural directions become entangled in the actions and reactions of work, understanding which discriminates by intelligence is situated in the mode of prudence. Yeah, that understanding by which one uh, knows what ought to be done and what and what ought not to be done. I mean, we expect that from each other, don't we? I expect that you should know. So many times. I mean, like if, uh, even if it's a menial thing someone's doing for you, like if they're helping you in a store, you know, if you go into Best Buy and you buy something and, uh, you expect the person to handle your, let's say you buy a computer or something, a television. Well, you kind of expect them to know not to drop it. <laughs> I mean, so we expect people to know what should be done and what shouldn't be done. Now, we're willing to cut a little slack. You know, if it's somebody who normally does, you know, we're. But uh, we do have that expectation. You should, in the law, forget the Latin term, but anyway, the translation is uh, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. There's no, a Latin. The other what is it? No, no, no. that's uh, just Spanish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's probably this close, I'm sure. You know, uh, I'm doing 60 through a school zone. I didn't see a 20 mile an hour zone uh, sign. Somebody knocked that over. Well, did you see the school zone sign? Yeah, I didn't see this. Well, then you should have known. We expect that from you. That's like uh, uh, a good example. You're, you're going down the freeway. It's uh, speed limit 75 miles an hour. But it's raining real hard. And a cop pulls you over and you say, I'm not speeding, I was doing 74. And he said, you fool, you should be doing six, you should be doing much less, it's dangerous. You should know. He might let you off with a warning. But you see, we, we expect it, you should know. So, uh, should, to be in the mode of goodness, you should, you should know what should and shouldn't be done. If you don't, ask, at, inquire from somebody. Uh, what is to be feared and what is not to be feared? Uh, what is binding, what is liberating? We should kind of know these things. If we don't, we should seek out some advice. It's, it's uh, expected. It's amazing how Krishna is telling us. He, he's really... When we hear this, we think, yeah, I mean, this is right. So, well, it's kind of like you almost want to say, well, duh. But Krishna, because we're like his children, he's spoon-feeding Gita wisdom to us. Even the very basics, very basics of uh, expectations of, and he's telling you that if you don't do like this or if you do like that or if you do like this, that I'm telling you what mode you're in. And you don't want them. It's not beneficial for you to be in these modes. So he's, the Bhagavad Gita is actually giving us really basic wisdom. So we shouldn't have the tendency to think, I know all this and just kind of gloss it. No, we should read it and understand. Yeah. Because if I read it and understand, then I can explain it to someone else better. The better I understand it, uh, the better I can explain it to someone else. Okay, we're in, is it 34? 31. 31. 31. Mm -hmm. Oh, 31. 
Gaya Dharma Madharmam Cha Karyam Cha Karyam Evacha Ayatatva Ayatava Prajanati Buddhisa Partha Rajasi O son of Prita, that understanding which cannot distinguish between religion and irreligion, between action that should be done and action that should not be done, is in the mode of passion. Um, that understanding which cannot distinguish between religion and irreligion. Any examples? What's wrong with it? Everybody does it. <laughs> Well, my grandma always cooked meat for me. Oh, she did the best ham at Christmas, best turkey. Oh, grandma's turkey. My grandma was a saint. You, you know, you see, well, it can't be bad. Gammy did it. You see, my forefathers did it. So, how can that be irreligious? So you, know, you can see where my consciousness is. I'm not, uh, Grandma didn't have the understanding of Bhagavad Gita. Bless her loving heart. She was a wonderful, delightful lady. Except when she used to grab me by the ear and chastise me. But you see what, you know, she was wonderful. She didn't have Gita understanding. If she did, boy, I would have had a different life. And the people that I touched would have had a different life, you see. So, all glories to Grandma. <laughs> you see what I mean? Between what should be done and what should not be done. You know, these are expected. Although, we can, uh, we can see how people confuse this. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with eating meat? Or I'm a vegan practically all the time, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> okay, so do you know what should be done and what shouldn't be done? Or, oh, I see, you're doing it. You're a vegan for the benefit of the cows. But the hell with the turkeys and the pigs, you know, or you're just doing it for your health. I hear it's better for me. I've lost seven pounds already as a vegan. You see what I mean? What modes are you in? All right, you want to take the next one? Sure. I don't have a Sanskrit in my book, which is probably just as well. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that understanding, which considers irreligion <coughs> to be religion, and religion to be irreligion, under the spell of illusion and darkness, and strives always in the wrong direction, O Pritha, is in the mode of ignorance. Uh, intelligence in the mode of ignorance is always working the opposite of the way it should. It accepts religions which are not actually religions and rejects actual religion. Men in ignorance understand a great soul to be a common man and accept a common man as a great soul. They think truth to be untruth and accept untruth as truth. In all activities, they simply take the wrong path. Therefore, their intelligence is in the mode of ignorance. <laughs> Krishna's pretty straightforward, isn't he? So that, that understanding which uh, considers irreligion to be religion and religion to be irreligion. So any, can you think of any for instances? What? New Age movement. Um, huh? For liberation. Tripping for uh, enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. My cause is my religion. I have a, like many people stand for a, a, a 
harder for their cause than they do their religion. You see? Oh gosh, it's amazing. My nationality, my nationalism. I may be uh, promoting Americanism or Iraqism or Iranianism or whatever ism you got over my religion. That's my, my cause. Or another one is sports. Some people are so, you know, they can't start the day out without, you know, at, at the breakfast table. Here they are looking at the sports. First thing they want is the sports page. I guess there's probably apps on phones. You, you can get all the sports and everything. <clears throat> they check sports religiously, you know. I mean, they're totally into it. You listen to people talk, they know how tall all the players are and how much they weigh and how fast they run and batting averages. and So they don't really, you know, dwell in religion. You know, that's too deep. You see, so, yeah. Another example that I can think of is how we, we, we remember certain individuals in history, like let's say Christopher Columbus, and you know we may celebrate him every year on a certain day, but we don't celebrate people like Prabhupada, who literally transformed the world. We don't have a day for him. No one takes a day off for Prabhupada to remember Prabhupada. Yeah. At least you know in the in society. Yeah. Or someone like Prabhupada, like you know. Like Christopher Guru. Columbus was kind of a schmuck. <laughs> you know? To say the least, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you get right down to it, so does George Washington. Yeah. You know, I mean, God, the guy was, talk about materialist. At one time, he owned the entire state of Virginia. He was one of the richest people in, on the, ever in the history of the planet. If you take his dollars and property and multiply it into today's numbers, he was huge. Tons, made tons of whiskey. I mean, he, he got way, he kind of put it together that instead of, at that time, they made uh, alcohol, alcoholic beverage out of apples, Applejack. And they used uh, 300 gallons of it annually in the White House when he was in, you know. So uh, then he figured out a way that you can make it out of grains, you know. In America, and so I mean, he after he left off, he was fabulously rich. You know, and what we celebrate, so uh, people stand up and they they praise uh, Donald Trump. They praise Barack Obama. What did these guys? I mean, maybe they made this guy made some laws that worked and some that didn't. This guy made some laws that worked and some that didn't. You know, what's the deal here? They shouldn't get much more notice than a number. You were number 45, you were number 46, you know. You know, maybe we didn't have a war when you were in office and you, know, you, you can notice a little bit, but I mean, for the praise that some of these people get, what was their contribution to? Mankind. <laughs> and the crazy people that follow them. I noticed that uh, uh, Donald Trump takes things that Bill Clinton and Barack Obama said and he repeats them. And so the people that were praising when the other guys said it now they're really mad at him because he's saying it. Because he's wrong and he's demonic. There was this thing I saw, I forget. Anyway, it was like uh, Bill Clinton saying, we need to secure our borders. We need to put something on the border, keep the people out. And Barack Obama said, we need a, a wall. You know, I don't think he used that term wall, but we need a barrier along our border. And everybody's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Trump thinks, well, if that got a cheer, I'm going to use it too, you know. 
typical businessman, you know. And he says, I think we need a wall. You're inhuman! <laughs> Wasn't exactly what he thought he was going to get, you know. Well, they said it and you liked it. <laughs> I didn't go for you. We like them. We're never going to like you. You know, you see. <laughs> what a crazy world. You know, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Um, right. <clears throat> o son of Prita, a determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice. And which thus controls the activities of the mind, life, and senses, is determination of the mode of goodness. Yoga is a means to understand the Supreme Soul. One who is steadily fixed on the Supreme Soul with determination, concentrating one's mind, life, and sensory activities on the Supreme, engages in Krishna consciousness. That sort of determination is in the mode of goodness. The word avyabhicharinya is very significant, for it indicates that a person who that persons who are engaged in Krishna consciousness are never deviated by any other activity. This is a super important verse. That determination which is unbreakable, which is sustained with steadfastness by yoga practice. Uh, you know, steadfast determination. Prabhupada talked about that a lot in his classes. Steadfast determination. Uh, I don't know if you've had the experience. Probably you have. That you, you know, when you're, you can talk with someone, and uh, convince them of a certain philosophy or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, you're right." And then you see them a little bit later, and they've got a whole different philosophy. Well, I thought you agreed with what we. Well, yeah, but I talked to a legend. You know, he said this. So it's like the flags. Wind's coming out of the west, wind's coming out of the east. You know, the flag goes wherever. Jeez, you know. I mean, aren't you steadfast? Either, and, and if you're not, what is the value of me speaking with you? Depends on, how do you feel about things? Well, it depends on who I'm talking to or who I just was talking to. So, uh, stead, this steadfast determination, Prabhupada points out, comes from loving devotion. Uh, I f I'm convinced of this because of loving devotion to Guru Krishna. Yeah, but I've got a better idea. Tell it to the hand. You know? Or... I'll take it under consideration. What you say makes a lot of sense. I'm going to talk with, uh, maybe I can get a tool on the phone. Maybe he'll tell, or maybe I can get uh, Govinda Madhava. I need to bounce this off one of my authorities here. You know? Well, you sound pretty stubborn. Yep, I am. It's like Jai Dwaita Swami. Uh, one time over lunch, we were talking about he asked me, he says, does anybody ever call you a fanatic? And I said, I've, at first I thought, I don't want to admit this. You know? And I said, yeah. <laughs> you know, he said, me too, and I take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a preacher and they call you a fanatic, that's a compliment, even though they don't mean it. They don't mean it to be a compliment. That means I'm speaking Prabhupada and Gita, Prabhupada and Gita, and I'm and you can't change me. No matter what hijinks or things you try. You know? That you're just you're a fanatic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean somebody may make a point, you know, that you say, hey, well, I haven't thought of that. So I need to talk with one of my mentors, someone I need to uh -huh. Go to Guru, Sadhu, or Shastra to balance off what you've just said. Yeah. 
it's interesting because we were actually discussing this morning because we didn't know something we wanted to ask you. So that is, um, obviously when, when a deity is there, there should be some attention, some service or some recognition. <clears throat> so what happens with, like now, you know, the world are making so many like Krishnamurti like deities and, and uh, so a friend gave a couple to some family members to bless them, but obviously the family members aren't devotees or mm. surrendered devotees, but it was well-intentioned. So what is the situation with giving like Murtis or little statues of Krishna to uh, persons that are maybe favorable but aren't like devotees, practicing devotees, and they won't give any attention or worship? Or so they'll be like... Figurines. Figurines, knickknacks. Yeah. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. That's quite all right. Krishna is still there. He's, he'll be there more if you start to love and serve him. But the form of the Lord is always the Lord, even if it's a picture, you know. This picture, uh, this, this, this is Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nityananda, this is the Panchatapa. I thought that you accrue benefit um, in all cases. If you even utter the word Krishna in a negative way, you've accrued more right. benefit than somebody who didn't utter Krishna See, at all. That's another point. Someone may come into their house and say, what an interesting figure. Yeah, that's, that's Krishna. Well, so Krishna's doing his thing. Yeah. He's doing it. I remember I was at a sales conference one time back in the 70s. No, it was in the 80s. And at this time, these Rajasthani Peshwa prints were, were kind of popular amongst designers. And there are pictures of the gopis. People didn't know it was the gopis. You know, but they're drawn on silk watercolors. Hare Krishna. You getting ready for Harinam? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I think eat something before we go. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so I was thinking about uh, Krishna, and I'm at this convention, and uh, it's like I'd been there a couple of days, and I was thinking, here I am, completely away from the devotees and everything, and you know, it's just I've been like meetings from morning to night, and then you have dinner with them. It's just been, I'm thinking, you know, there's not much here to make me think of Krishna. Then I happened to look up, at, I was sitting in the lobby of this big five-star hotels, you know, the insurance companies spend a lot of money for their conventions, and so it's like, I think it was the Ritz-Carlton in uh, Maui, you know, and so I just kind of happened to turn my head, and there was this Rajasthani Peshwa, this big painting of the of the uh, the Rasa dance, <laughs> the gopis, you know, and in the middle is Krishna. <laughs> and then I looked, and Krishna was with each of the gopis, and I'm I'm thinking. What do they think this is? They just think, this is really pretty. And it was. And it was all these, you know, tropical palms. And it was just gorgeous. But So this was, they didn't know this was Krishna. Unless it was maybe one of the people there. You know, maybe they knew it was Krishna. But anyway, so, uh, <clears throat> but that's okay. That's quite all right. Because like we do that with the holy names. We do that with, like these books have Krishna all in them, like Prabhupada said these other deities, and we don't know what people are going to do with them. Sometimes they toss them on the ground. Or yeah. They, so, I mean, so deities, because obviously like Krishna manifests in different ways, so deities are kind of not different in that way. We could just give, you know, like I could give a gift to, you know, a meat-eating family member, like as a little figure, you know, Krishna, and that would be. I wouldn't be committing any offense. No. 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 Go ahead and give Krishna. 
you know, if it's a, I mean, they may think it's so pretty. Thank you. If they're non-devotees and they're really not excited about the philosophy, maybe you don't brag it up. Hey, this is the supreme personality of Godhead. <laughs> and they think, God, as soon as this guy's gone, I'm going to put that in the closet <laughs> or give it to Goodwill or, you know. Just say, I've got something for you. Oh, that's pretty. You know? That's so, that's so pretty. I'm going to put it up here. <laughs> and then Krishna does his thing when whoever comes in, they, there he is, you know. <laughs> All right. Should we wrap it up? It's quarter after. So. Uh, thank you all so much. I appreciate it. I need to ask you something, Atubo Vinda. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here and happy to be here. Sure.